0: Episode 337 WandaVision Season 1 Episode 7 Breaking the Fourth Wall. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of Shield and the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
1: magical
0: place. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, specifically WandaVision. And I'm here with Agent Samantha. Hello. And Agent Stewart.
1: Hey, I thought I was going to be on The Office. No, this isn't the office. This is modern family.
0: No, no, but we are going to break the fourth wall and talk to people who are. Oh, we already break the fourth wall anyway, because that's what podcasts do. We are talking to you out there (laughs) right now, out there, you listeners. And so everything we do is (laughs) that looking to the camera and talking about what we think.
1: Yeah. I don't know that that really okay. Never mind. It doesn't go good. This is. Let's just talk about the episode. There then. is
0: no fourth wall in podcasting. Got, let's put it that way. Let's put it that way.
1: There is also no crying in baseball. But we need to talk about this episode like right now.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, let's okay. Let's do it then. <laughs> uh, Calm
2: down, Stu. <laughs> Goosefrapping.
0: Hey, does anybody else it's have been, uh, like? Go, go ahead, Stuart. I
1: was going to say, it's been like 72 hours since we all saw the episode and it destroyed the Internet. So we're like behind the times here, guys.
0: We are. In fact, yes. we, we had to do a couple of different things. One is that we actually had someone on our website pull a Ben. What does that mean? Well, <laughs> that means that they timestamp their comment to make sure that we, we got it um, <laughs> and that they that the thing that they were saying could have a, a timestamp on it. So okay.
2: So was this poster's name Ben by chance? No,
0: no, no. This is actually uh, from Kyle, from Kyle. And-
2: Okay. Wait, yeah, you, you timestamped something too.
0: I did, I did. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to that. I'm actually going to start okay. with Kyle's uh, message that he left on our season one, episode five blog post about WandaVision. Uh, he did that because it took a long while for us to get season, not season, episode six posted the day before episode seven of WandaVision was on Disney Plus. And we actually are recording like two days later right now. <laughs> and so this is nice. It's good. But he had to post on the, the episode five blog post, but he's he's stamping. Because he has some hypotheticals that he wants to talk about. And we have two other pieces of feedback that we're going to be using. And we're going to just jump into those as we get to the topic that they kind of touch on so that we don't – it'll just be part of our conversation. It's breaking our fourth wall, right, with 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 emails and, and blog post things. But Agent Kyle writes in and talks about all, some things that have been talked about on the internet, especially after the last episode. And so here's what he said before season one, episode seven aired. He left this for us on the 16th of February. And he says, uh, and this is, by the way, he had already posted about Magneto. And he said, I'm standing by my Magneto prediction and making another one. This one is less certain though. What's a step below a declaration? a possible hypothetical scenario. Whatever it is, that's what I'm doing here, and I'm doing it publicly with a timestamp so you can see it's posted before episode seven airs, since you probably already recorded your show for six. I've seen people wondering if this will cause mutants to exist. I don't want that to happen because it's not really the same as just being born that way. I could accept it if they were hiding the whole time and Wanda's actions somehow revealed them to the world. I'm okay with something like that if they go that route, but mutants don't need an origin story. However... Okay, so that's his first thing he talks about, and we have been talking about the whole mutant thing, the X-Men thing, the the tie-ins there. If Billy and Tommy are real, are they mutants? And are they real? Where are they right now? I think maybe we At need the to...
2: end of episode seven we still don't know.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So but if they are real, I would say that they are mutants. I would say that they are mutants because they were born that way. They were born to a robot <laughs> and a uh, Infinity Stone enhanced witch, but they were born, and if they have powers, then they're mutants. Just like Franklin Richards in Fantastic Four is or was—I think they might have retconned it a couple months ago—a mutant, even though he was born to two parents who were created by cosmic radiation.
1: So is this feedback done?
0: Nope. We have a little bit more to talk about, but I just wanted to let's, let's talk about mutants here. Let's talk about Billy and Tommy. So
1: the whole thing about mutants and being quote unquote born this way is, is very topical right now. I mean, it's always been really topical, but it's really, really topical at this moment, at this day and age when this show was created and being conceived and all of that. So It would make sense that if – and this is also just a way of me um, uh, 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 justifying my declaration. Uh, (laughs) It makes sense that if these are the two – these are the first two mutants, that we could be seeing a change in genetic structure starting. I seem to remember another show called Heroes that two – at least one – previous host of this show really really liked uh and it started very similarly right so i could see that happening in the mcu
0: yeah i i just really like the idea with mutants and mutation that's one of the origin stories where it's just born that way (laughs) and and then they showed powers or they were born with wings or, or whatever it might be uh And so for these two, and we talked about this before, I I didn't make a declaration, but I did ask the question, did we just see the first mutants in the MCU?
1: And I say yes.
0: (laughs) So it's it's possible. It's possible. Okay. So that said, we're talking about mutants, X-Men, that kind of thing. He then says, however, because he's talking about we don't need an origin story for mutants to be mutants. He says, however, we need to get into space first to beat the Russians as an origin that 100% needs an update. He says, uh, so picture this. Monica gets her scientist friend. He wants to see the hex for whatever contrived reason. His college buddy, his fiance and his future brother in law tag along. At some point they either step inside or get forced inside and you can figure out what happens next. And the reason all the people already inside don't have powers is because they were already inside and it's the act of passing through the border that makes it happen. Of course this means Darcy got powers but I'm okay with that. And Hayward, but he has super he has future supervillain written all over him so I'm okay with that also. This also means they don't have to do a Fantastic 4 origin story in the movie. I am personally a fan of origin movies but I know a lot of people aren't. So this is kind of tying into a lot of the conversation that people have been having about WandaVision and the expectation that her aerospace friend will be John Krasinski <laughs> as Reed Richards. Now, Kyle's not making a prediction about John Krasinski, but he is saying what if these people that have that help make the 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 moon buggy, the super super moon buggy tank, uh what if it's it's uh reed richards and what if they gonna, are going to come into this this show and yeah and we see fantastic four mm. now i've my one problem with that is the same problem i have with introducing the x-men in wandavision and that's just you know that's big <laughs> that's really big to introduce fantastic four here that's that's huge that's enormous I just don't know if I could see them going that route, but I mean, they are introducing quote unquote, captain Marvel or photon with Monica getting powers. And we already kind of knew that she was going to be a a hero in the future here, but man, I don't know. What do you guys think?
1: I think that there's an opportunity to have a low key introduction, not low key, low key uh, introduction where you Sort of hint at it, and then you get a bigger movie, or a bigger reveal, or a bigger whatever.
2: I think it's it's open to interpretation. I mean, it could happen. It could not. If it happens, great. If not, uh, that's okay.
0: Here's the thing. After this episode, the aerospace friend that she has, we still don't know who it is. And so, we could theoretically the, go anywhere with
1: that. Oh. I
0: think it's that not- lady...
1: Right, it's not her, is it?
0: I don't think so. She she seems to be army. Or right. maybe sword. But she seems to be just delivering the thing that they made. And so she's coming and saying, is it to your specification? And I don't get the impression that that's the person who built the thing. Right. It could have been. It could have been. And if that's her aerospace engineer friend, I'm good with that. <laughs> I know that there's a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people... I'm amazed how many people are are just they're expe- they're expecting just it's point of fact this will be Reed Richards or Ben Grimm or oh Blue Marvel the Blue Marvel is another possibility he's a character that um, I'm not very familiar with I should have read his comics because it was written by uh, an acquaintance of mine I won't say a friend but um, Kevin Griveaux, I I know of him and I've met him. He's the guy who actually created uh, Underworld, that series of movies, mm-hmm. and he played a werewolf in that series of movies. And that dude, when I stood there and talked to him, <laughs> you could see why he could play a werewolf in that movie because he's just, he's a giant. And I stood next to him, looking up, trying to talk to him. We talked about some story ideas that he had and some story ideas that I had. And it was fun to talk shop with this guy, but man, that guy could break me with, with his pinky. <laughs> like he's... Wow. Uh, anyway, he he created this character, Blue Marvel, and and I believe that Monica Rambeau in the comics is is uh, connected to Blue Marvel, and so there are some people talking about how that's the aerospace engineer that we haven't met yet, and who knows? We'll see, we'll see, but I don't think we've met the aerospace space engineer yet, and I also I, I just. I can't imagine Fantastic Four getting introduced in this when there's so many other things happening in this. Now, if it was Avengers, the TV show, it'd be a little bit different, you know, because it's it's a TV show where they are just like, let's throw everything at the wall. But this is this is focused in, you know, and. But then again, yes, it is setting up things for future movies, so we'll see. 'll we'll see what's, what's setting
1: up things for future movies yeah
0: yep but Kyle now has a stake in the sand so if he's right <laughs> and uh it it's possible but if he's right it's right there um February 16 2021 at 8 10 pm there it is okay. Let's move on. Let's talk about this episode specifically. This is the episode where after the events of last episode where Wanda expanded the energy field it included now the sword camp, which turned into a circus and it also brought vision back in and repaired him and turned Darcy into an escape artist which was a nice little little thing there because she had been handcuffed to the car and now she's just wrapped in chains near a car and she just gets out of the right away. way. Vision and Darcy are trying to get back home. It's the Odyssey, really. It's, it's, it's Vision's Odyssey, trying to get back home. Meanwhile, back home, Wanda is just trying to have a day alone. You know, she just wants some rest, relaxation. So Agnes... Takes the boys to her house. And we find out that Agnes is very quiet. When uh, Billy. Is feeling like things in his head. He, nothing with Agnes. Meanwhile, uh, Uncle Pietro is gone. And as Wanda is resting and relaxing. She's talking to the camera. Person behind the camera talks back to her. Says, do you think this is your fault? And. Then Monica Rambo comes through the field. Not through her vehicle. That vehicle's cool, but it doesn't make it through. She comes through through sheer force of will, comes to confront Wanda, let her know what's going on. They almost get into a superpower fight, but don't. And then Agnes comes, brings Wanda into Agnes's house. And then Agnes goes to get her some tea. Wanda wanders downstairs into the basement where she finds vines on the wall. That's an important detail, everyone. (laughs) Very important detail. To some. She also, (laughs) to to at least one person in the world, that's a very important detail that may turn out to be not important at all. But right now, today, it is. And I'm glad for that. (laughs) She also sees a book, which may or may not be an important detail and may or may not tie into other portions of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we've been at. And we also find out that apparently Agnes has been Agatha Harkness all along and she's behind everything and she's causing everything to go wrong. And she's playing some sort of long game that involves three layers <laughs> when she's talking to vision, three layers of pretending to be something she's not. And then, but she reveals herself to Wanda and she has purple powers that look a lot like wanda's red powers which starting with the colors wanda has red powers monica rambeau has blue eyes now because she can see energy and what's red plus blue purple which is uh, which is agatha agatha's powers and then there's Dottie, who has yellow flowers all around her house I only say that because people think that Dottie might be something more than she appears oh. to be.
1: Yeah. Well, I think everybody in this show is something more than they appear to be. Let's just be honest with that.
2: Yeah. I, I'm thinking that this
0: film might not be,
2: I'm thinking at this point, Dottie may just be Dottie.
0: Okay. So we got to decide where to start here. So I think <laughs> you need to look at your notes because the, the Dottie question is going to come up in some of the stuff I want to talk about. Um, Look at your notes. What's the most important thing that you just have to get out? And we can start there. Uh, Stuart, should we let ladies go first? Yes, obviously. Okay. Samantha, ladies first or ladies can choose to pass. (laughs) Like you would do in an old school game show.
2: I always like to leave the biggest parts of the conversation for last.
0: Except we don't know if we have time for that. We have That's to start <laughs> big and go small. It's the newspaper inverted pyramid we're working with here. We're going to start right, big, right. go small. Where do you want to start?
2: Fine. You're just manipulating me to do what I don't want to do, like what? the the people in the town of Westview who are <laughs> underneath the control of two witches, okay?
1: Well, all right. Okay. Before we get started, before we get started, I do want to say bravo to Samantha for calling that. Because last week at this time, and I use that in quotations because we know it wasn't a week ago, whatever. But last week at this time, we were sitting there. You and I, Ben, were like, no, no, no. She's legit. Agatha Agnes is actually sad. And blah, 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 blah. And Samantha was sitting there across the room going, you guys, you're pretty dumb. And we're like, no, no, no.
2: I did not use that word. Uh, I heard it, though.
0: (laughs) No,
1: not really. (laughs) It was there, but but the point is, Samantha, if we gave away no prizes for sheer
0: uh, no, 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 this would not be a no prize thing. This would be an actual prize thing.
1: This would be an actual prize. Yeah, this would be a. You called that, and you did it very well, and I applaud you for that.
2: Okay, I will take twenty five cents from that twenty five imaginary dollar bet. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) One (laughs) percent.
0: Okay. okay, and so that Matt, actually, is that where we're going? Because that actually feeds into some feedback we got from a new agent. Uh, this all is from right, Annie.
2: I really want to start with the beginning of the episode in Wanda, but l- yeah, let's go with Agatha.
0: Okay, so this, this is not just about Agatha, but um, it does feed into what you were talking about, Stuart. <clears throat> from a- Annie. Hi guys, loving your podcast. Found you all when I started binging Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. last year. When WandaVision started, I was excited to see you recovering it. Just listen to your WandaVision episode six analysis and enjoyed it, especially because I've already seen episode seven and really relished listening to how right Samantha was about speculations for where the story is headed. Uh, you talked about sitcom connections with Elizabeth Olsen and Randall Park, but I couldn't believe you didn't mention Kat Dennings starred in Two Broke Girls. I was really hoping she was going to show up as a diner waitress inside the Hex Bubble. Back to your podcast as a whole, I especially love that you all are close in age to me with similar pop culture frame of reference, which has turned out to be a key to discussions about this new show. I also relate when you talk about sharing the fandom with your kids. My kids are super huge Ant-Man and the Wasp fans. Honestly, I think it's because they both love Cassie Lang. I'm from the Great Lakes region, too, and totally understand and appreciate all of Agent Stew's Youper references i want to get in my car and drive north for a pasty every time he mentions them i will say as a white Sox fan your agents of shield season four episodes were a bit hard on the ears but i managed your podcast is from such a relatable perspective for someone like me and i'm grateful for it i'm also i also greatly appreciate ben's comic book knowledge which has led me to purchase comic books i had not read before keep up the awesome work and i'm so looking forward to your next episode sincerely annie So, Annie, shout out to your kids. Glad that they are enjoying the Marvel stuff. But also, thank you for writing in and rubbing it in my face.
1: (laughs) Annie, I'm so glad you're around. Thank you so much. And, Ben, it's pasty, not pasty. You should know better.
0: I, 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 I guess I should. I guess a pasty is something really different. Okay. Yes.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> moving on. No. Okay. Moving uh, on.
0: Uh, uh, okay. So, I mean, we could actually, from this email, uh, Samantha, talk about the beginning of the episode because she does talk about the pop culture references and stuff. But this is what made me want to talk about Agatha is because of the speculations that we had. Okay.
2: Well,. Since we've had the confirmation, I looked further into Agatha. And this oh, is I'm literally can, my first can note.
0: I, uh, yeah, just let me interrupt you just briefly. We did not go into a lot of details about Agatha Harkness because I didn't want to spoil that aspect of things. This is not something that I put together or anything, but I did start seeing people even before the show started saying Ag- Agnes would be Agatha Harkness. And it really makes sense. Agnes, Agatha Harkness but we didn't talk much about her i think we mentioned her once or twice but we didn't go much into that because i didn't want it to be a big spoiler i figured this was going to be a big reveal if it was going to happen and it was a big reveal when it happened and so now samantha that's why we haven't talked about it so i'm going to throw it back over to you to jump into your notes and and let's let's talk about agatha
2: Okay, so the first thing I did as soon as the episode ended was I went up and I googled Agatha Harkness and one of the first results I got was the Wikipedia page for her. And I read through and I was very surprised and I was very happy to read that one of Agatha's abilities is to reach through to other dimensions and pull people and objects out from other dimensions. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding, just reading that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm 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 feeling that I'm getting, going to get the whole of that twenty-five imaginary dollars
0: <laughs> with Pietro. You mean?
2: Yes. <laughs> oh,
0: okay, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. I, 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 yeah, but but... <laughs> but I I will say this. I was talking about it with my daughter today, and we were talking about Agents of Shield and. So the multiverse in the MCU already exists. We we know this. Um, and they really, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. went there kind of first because in the MCU movies, you remember Far From Home, his whole multiverse, I'm from another Earth story was a great big giant lie from a lying liar who lies. And and so in that movie, the multiverse wasn't an issue it wasn't a part of things it was just mentioned as a as a red herring then we get the multiverse where they jump over into other universes in agents of shield there is the suggestion that in endgame that um steve rogers his time spent with agent carter was in another universe i don't like that idea i don't like that read but that's there and now we have yes Agatha Harkness with her power. We have a mention of what's called the Nexus, which we will talk about. We are going to talk about it. I I have to talk about that up. You don't have to, because
2: (laughs) you're going to explain it. Oh, it
0: is something that is a big part of my geekdom. So we'll get there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Stuart knows where it's going because he looked up some stuff, but yeah. So we're all in, I guess this, this multiverse thing, the multiverse of madness We're all in and it's, it's possibly starting here, but Samantha, I'm expecting that you're not going to be winning that, that imaginary $25 (laughs) because I just don't think they're going there, but.
2: And that's why it's imaginary.
0: That's exactly. (laughs) Well, uh, again, I value money in uh, too much and have too little money to actually make, um, to, to actually gamble, but I will gamble imaginary money all day long. (laughs)
1: As well, we all should.
2: (laughs) Well, I wouldn't take real money from you, anyways, because you have kids to support. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, that's again, I'm not gambling. So, (laughs) it's just having the kids was a gamble. So, yeah. Right. Hey, so, uh, okay, go ahead, Stuart.
1: I was going to say, speaking of kids, did you notice anything else from that Wikipedia page there, Miss Samantha?
2: Um, I was so giddy reading that about her powers that I kind of stopped.
1: Okay. <laughs> so two things, two things I noticed, uh, cause uh-huh. I did the same thing as much as probably everybody else did. One, she was the nanny in her first appearance of one Miss Frank, Mr. Franklin, whatever the kid's name is from the fantastic four Richards, oh. Franklin Richards in her first appearance in uh Fantastic Four number ninety four, January nineteen seventy. She showed up, they drove him up there, and Ben's like, I don't wanna let him go. And they're like, But she's nice. So that's interesting. Ben number being
0: two, not me, but Ben Grimm. Ben Grimm. Yeah. Right. He's a big softy. He's made out of rock, but he's a softie. Just like me. So is that true, Ben? You're actually made out of rock? Is it granite? It's metaf- it's metaphorical. Metaf- metaphorium. Oh, it's meta- <laughs> it's metaphorium. Oh, it's metaphorium.
1: Metaphorium. <laughs> is
0: that like unobtainium? Um, it's want, exactly want. like unobtainium. Yep. Yep. Okay. And they're also um, both so words. I can't say is, correctly right now because I'm tongue tied. That's I guess. probably
1: fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, her marital status on the, on the marvel.fandom.com is, and I'm quoting this married originally, but later widowed comma, divorced comma or separated from her husband. So, It's works that Ralph is is nowhere to be found in this show. Mm.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, we'll see what happens with Ralph. I I know that there's lots of theories going around and we're actually probably going to touch on some of those theories a little more than we have been. Um, Again, knowing that we are not talking from any kind of special knowledge. You know, I don't have a a spy in Los Angeles like some websites might claim to have, but um, I, I don't. I don't. Uh, the, the thing about Agatha, well, no, I, I, Samantha, I want you to continue. I, I want you to continue because I, I've got thoughts, but I want to hear yours.
2: Okay. Um, well, That's pretty much it. It's, just, okay. it's Her powers are getting me closer to winning that imaginary money.
0: <laughs> okay. So here's the other thing then about Agatha is she was involved with – um. With Wanda, with her, with Wanda and Vision's family, um, she is a Wanda antagonist, uh, and so this is, you know, if you're going to bring out some, you know, Batman has the Joker. This would be what 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 Agatha would be for for Wanda, is is they are a lot of times at odds. Um, yeah, so there's a there's a long comic are- history.
2: I did read that they sometimes work together.
0: Yeah. And I believe Agatha actually even taught Wanda how to do some of the magic stuff that she does. Yeah.
1: that's She was a mentor to Wanda. I was also reading that.
0: So maybe it's more like Batman also, and Ra's al Ghul or something like that where they – Right.
1: Okay. What's interesting, I mean – and and people who were deep comic book people probably picked that out pretty quickly. Agatha, Agnes, it works, right? But for the rest of us, it was this great sort of reveal about it all being connected and all going back and forth. And one of the things you find in that, in my searching at least, is that Agatha Harkness wasn't necessarily a bad guy, right? So we mentioned Batman and and Joker. Joker's a bad guy, but Agatha isn't necessarily a bad guy. She's – a nanny. She's a mentor, you know, her and Scarlet would sort of are at odds, which is real life. And I thought that was really interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then we have the whole big thing about, is she the big bad? Because we have an ending similar to when Monica was thrown out of the field and she says it was Wanda, you know, it's all Wanda. Then we get this little song sung by, the woman who plays the part of Agatha. She did the, yeah, she, she was involved in that song. uh, And it just shows this whole little flashbacks to the different scenes in the different uh, episodes. And we see her purple magic bringing things into being and, and, and moving things around. And, you know, probably the most significant one is Pietro standing at the doorway with Um, tendrils of magical wisps of smoke that's purple in color coming off of his his body you know off of his back as if he was maybe placed there by her or transported there by her but there's definitely um purple magic going on with him arriving at the door for the end of episode what was it four five Episode. so you're saying
2: episode three Five. Three? Four. five. No, because the epi- episode four was the episode where we stepped completely stepped so out of the heads. Episode five. Episode five. Yeah. Episode five. Okay.
1: So, so you're saying that there's purple tendrils that maybe pulled, or maybe attached to um, Agatha and and reached into another dimension and pulled another. Uh, a uh, 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 Pietro out of that dimension is that what is that what you're saying, Ben?
0: I am saying nothing more than her magic placed him on that porch. Okay, now here's here's where things get crazy for me as I'm watching people get excited about things and and feeling a little bit bad for them. Like everyone was expecting Reed Richards to show up in this episode, you know, and and they were expecting not only for him to show up but John Krasinski specifically. You know, he's, he's, which he, Hey, would he make a great Reed Richards? Sure. Would he sure would. They could probably find someone else too, but Hey, I love Jim from the office as much as anyone, well, maybe not as much as anyone, but I, I, I like Jim from the office. He made me feel guilty about my college years because there was that one episode where he pulls out the stack of, uh, human resources complaints against him. And he's just like, wow, you see all those things i did to dwight all in one place and and it got me thinking about some of the mean things in college that i did to a couple of the kids in my dorm and it made me feel bad about it but
2: really oh
0: yeah oh yeah (laughs) because yeah anyway um and other people were saying okay so paul bettany said hey i got to work with an actor i wanted to work with for a long, long time, like since I was a kid or since I started acting or whatever. And so there are people who are saying, well that means that uh, that we're gonna get Magneto and we're gonna get um Sir Ian McKellen in WandaVision. And other people are saying no 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 we're gonna get Professor X. We're gonna get Patrick Stewart. And and I'm just listening and seeing that and I'm no, just thinking no, no. Oh that's that's really big. <laughs> they're making state they're making declarations, you know? And I've heard I've also heard James
1: Spader for Ultron added to that list.
0: Now that actually makes sense to me. That mm-hmm. would work really, really well. Hmm. But Paul Bettany's already worked with James Spader.
2: Yeah, we, didn't oh, yeah. See, we just didn't see James Spader's face.
0: Yeah. The, the, the whole thing with with Paul Bettany's quote is that it's someone he's never worked with before, or something like that. So, what does it mean? It could mean anything. It it could mean it could be Dirk Benedict, you know. Like ever since I saw him on Battlestar Galactica, I wanted to work with him. You know, it could mean anybody.
1: It could also mean that we need a time turner to fast forward
0: about five days. Right. I mean, we're it's we're going to find really out needs. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So back to Agatha and her being the big bad, right? Is she the big bad? Well, I wrote an article, (laughs) a very clickbaity article about Agatha not being the big bad. The article's title was spoiler is not the big bad. Wandavision lied to us. Spoilers in this clickbaity article. Click here. Um, (laughs) I almost put, you'll never believe what Ben has to say. Um, It's not a big deal, but I I did want to, like, just kind of sort through my thoughts about this. The whole idea of this episode is we're breaking the fourth wall, right? So I don't know if I should read the article, but um, I'll go ahead and read it. Yesterday's episode of WandaVision seemed to suggest that Agnes, actually the magical girl Agatha Harkness, is the one running the show. On the podcast, we've talked a lot about who's pulling the strings. I, Ben, boldly declared from early on that Wanda was the big bad of the show. I also boldly stand and say, looks like I was wrong. Episode seven then pressed in hard on Agnes being the baddie, complete with her own monsters-inspired theme song. By the way, that song—that's mm-hmm. Ag- Agatha's theme song. I mean, they—they they, they, still
2: playing in my head. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, it's okay. very catchy.
0: So, but it got me thinking. It just doesn't sit right with me. I think that Agnes is what she says. A magical girl with powers that seem to be similar to Wanda's, but there's more to it. Why does she have to play along, but do so in a way that makes it seem like she's not exactly playing along? The should we take it from the top scene, going through three fake emotional states with Vision in the car, confiding in her neighbor that Geraldine doesn't belong. It doesn't fit. There's more to the story. And in episode seven, she goes all Jim Halpert in a way much more subtle than Vision's awesome, I need to be with my wife, by looking at the camera. To whom? She speaks to the camera for the non-sequitur asides, but for whose benefit? And in the final revelation, she's looking at the camera as she reveals her shenanigans. Why? It's for someone else's benefit. I will grant you, it could be she's working for someone else, like Mephisto or Nightmare Dr. Doom, and that I crossed out Dr. Doom. Dottie, it's possible, Agnes does tell us in episode two that Dottie is in charge. Could be true, but I right. believe the big, the true big bad, the one that Agnes reports to is found in the title of this episode, breaking the fourth wall. The true big bad is us. She is reporting to us. She is glancing at us. She is joking with us. She is doing all of this for our benefit. It's very much on a meta level. Yes. But if Deadpool can break the fourth wall, why not Agnes? Agnes is causing all this discord and making everything go wrong for us. The audience, she reports to us, we are responsible for all of Wanda's drama. Every bad thing that happens to Wanda, every ba- bad thing that Wanda endures is for our entertainment. We are co-conspirators with Agnes slash Agatha. In fact, if even if Mephisto does show up, it's still true. And, and this is why, what I have to say, it's it click but it really doesn't matter. Then again, that's all a fiction, isn't it? The good, the bad, the ugly, everything awful or wonderful is meant for our benefit. We do not We just don't usually have people actually winking at us as they push the plot forward so we can be entertained, so... I just, the idea, I wanted to sort through this idea of breaking the fourth wall. She, they are all talking to us. Now, Wanda is talking to a camera, but who is Agnes talking to and winking at and, and revealing things to it's us. It's us. We are the big bad. And without us, Wanda's life would be so much easier.
1: But Colson's not the big bad and we are colson i don't understand
0: <laughs> um yeah so it really is more of a exploration about you know story you know and and how how does fiction affect us we want to see conflict in fiction and so creators create conflict and and create story that has people who are at odds um, the beginning uh, – or the end, rather, of Amazing Spider-Man 2, I think it was, has the teacher saying there's only one plot, and then they say something that it's a theme, not a plot. But I believe that there's really only one plot in fiction. Anything else ha- it, it, it isn't the plot. The plot is somebody wanted something. Something got in the way. So that's that's kind of – if I'm going to distill all of fiction into something, story specifically – Somebody wanted something, something got in the way, you know, and, and that's all for our benefit. Creators are making things for us. And so I will be very curious to see how is the fourth wall brought broken in the following episodes and is Agatha when she's sitting there behind a camera and Wanda is talking to the camera. We find out Agatha or one of the producers standing with her says, do you think it's your fault? And she turns around and looks back at us. So who is it that she's looking at? Whose benefit is this for? I don't know.
1: So I rewatched that episode many times. And on the last time I rewatched it, it sounded like a female's voice pitched down. Yeah. And I didn't necessarily catch that the first half a dozen times I watched the show. But this last time I am almost like, oh. It's got kind of this higher than pitched down quality to it. I could be totally wrong.
0: I think Just, it was her voice.
1: Yeah. I, I really do down. think it was
0: Catherine Han. I, I don't yeah, know. Maybe. I, Hahn. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that that was her voice saying those things or that thing I should say. Which in the office, there was a couple times when the camera person actually spoke and you could hear them. Uh, and there was a brief period where we were supposed to think that maybe Pam was interested in one of the producers of the show, or one of the cameramen. Um, and the other thing is when Vision takes off his microphone, I don't remember if it was Jim or Pam, but someone did something similar to that where they were just like, nope, I'm done. I'm going to go because I don't want to lose this person I love or something like that. Great moment, Vision. Great moment.
2: Wait, was that when – I think I remember when. That was the moment when Jim decided, I'm not going to wait anymore. I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to find Pam, and I'm going to propose to her. I think that's the moment you're thinking
0: of. I think so. I, I, I do. But I can't remember. I only watched – I saw every episode, but I saw them as they were happening. Uh, and so I, I have not re rewatched. unlike my wife, who has watched it many, many times. <laughs> so, Yeah. So that's my clickbaity article that I never actually posted anywhere other than just directly onto our website. But I'm just curious, where are they going with that?
1: You should sell it to some to some clickbaity sites.
0: I don't think the actual article is clickbaity enough, though. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Um,
2: my one concern about Agatha not being a villain,
0: she killed Sparky and laughed about it and laughed about it killed
2: sparky good guys don't kill doggies yeah that's that's like a one big rule in in a family i I just learned this from the 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 writers who wrote pirates of the caribbean don't kill the dog and they killed the dog on the show to make us cry uh and to make agatha look like a, a an evil person later
0: If you kill a dog, you're making a big statement. That was the thing. The first kill in Alien versus Predator Requiem, the first kill was a dog. And it was them saying, hey, you didn't like the first Aliens versus Predator because it was PG-13. We have changed the game. We killed a dog. Fictionally Mm. killed it.
1: And all five people who saw it were like, yeah, man.
0: No, no. (laughs) They were all like, yeah, you did. But... (laughs) didn't mean that they liked it. So. Right.
2: <laughs> but there's also a ton of other clues throughout the entire series that we completely missed where it does point to her being a witch. Like she, the facade that is her, the exterior of her house, that was also the same exterior used in the show Bewitched for Samantha's house. In this episode, she also says there's a mole on my back. Can you check it out? Moles and skin tags and rashes and such used to, Back in the uh, witch trial days used to be considered uh, marks of the devil. There isn't a single person on the planet that does not have something like that.
0: Also, in the beginning credits of the previous episode, when they were running around with a video camera, she had the word naughty on her clothes. Yeah. Uh, and I
2: hated those kinds of those sweats. <laughs> I, I refused to ever buy a pair. Me too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I mean, there. Yeah. Are there clues? Yes. I think there are clues that she, we've, we've already talked about how she, there's definitely something more to her than meets the eye. We, we've, we said that many, many times. The question is, first of all, can we trust what they showed us with the, it was Agatha all along? Do we trust that? And, and the other thing I, I just question is, and, and we'll find out. And, and, and so when I make this question, uh, well, I'm just going to ask it. Like, why does she have to do the, the triple, uh, the the triple change? You know, was it just to get vision out of there because she's sitting in the car and she starts out one way where, okay, I'm, I'm confused. Then she, oh, another way where she remembers everything. And then she pretends that she's under Wanda's control again. You know? So why does she do that? Here's the best thing about these questions. This is not lost. This is not Battlestar Galactica. This <laughs> this is a show that we can question all day long. But we also know the people who made this had that whiteboard with all the different possibilities. And then they wrote it and got rid of all the other possibilities. So we're we're, we're watching things unfold as they are intended to unfold. Unlike Lost, where they had 50 things on the whiteboard, season one, episode one, and it was still there for season five because they were changing things as they went along and Battlestar Galactica where the Cylons had a plan all along and we find out that their plan they that they had really all along to destroy things. humanity was we're going to destroy humanity that's our plan you know and the di- so that's why anything we talk about here and anything we maybe theorize about and we're wrong about it's kind of cool because it doesn't matter we're theorizing about stuff that they have already figured out and that we will see play out Mic drop. And, and, and that's what I'm going to bet my $25 on.
2: <laughs> I think that Agnes was trying to get Vision out away from Wanda because if you saw in this episode, he was having a really hard time trying to get back to Wanda. But what I also saw that was really interesting was Agnes showed real concern for Wanda losing her mental grip.
0: She also has acted genuinely surprised at things like Billy – Saying i like it here and and this is where I'm not convinced that agatha is in control of everything i i i'm just not we'll we'll see but
1: is agatha's I,
0: song an unreliable narrator yes okay <laughs> so i'm just I've, gonna drop that little high school English bit right there as my mic drop for my second mic drop of the episode.
1: So here's my thing. I don't think Agatha is the big bad, right? Um, Because if the show has been anything, it's been unpredictable. And a lot of people predicted Agatha as a big bad. And number two, Agatha Agatha Harkness in the show or in the comics has trended to better than evil right i was saying that earlier um and so it makes sense for her to be at odds with wanda but not an evil character quote unquote
0: so is agatha possibly doing all of this somehow to help wanda yes including killing
1: sparky yeah i mean who knows what the actual reason is, but I don't believe I don't believe Agatha is a, an evil character. She may be at odds with Wanda, but I don't, think she's an evil character.
0: Does that, I mean, I guess that makes sense. I just have two words for you. Maniacal yeah. laugh.
2: So, maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh.
0: So that.
2: So it's not manic. It's maniacal.
0: This episode, it was <laughs> maniacal. Last episode, she was pretending to be manic. So, your label of manic from last episode definitely still applies to last episode. But for this episode, it was maniacal. I killed Sparky too. <laughs> I mean, she's going that, full that, on Wicked stere- Witch of the West.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's stereotypical witch.
2: Of course, I'm wondering is she, when she's above ground and in Westview, is she playing to a character there within? the the whole show that is WandaVision division or and I, I, um because if you noticed when actually several times throughout the episode uh but it was very noticeable when Wanda went downstairs into the basement and she went into the room with all the veins that the aspect ratio changed which suggested that she left the hex bubble
0: here's and the other thing she entered somewhere else it, yeah. yeah it changed a couple times throughout this episode
2: mm-hmm.
1: I caught it when they went outside and, and, and they tried to drive the space buggy into the red wall and it didn't work. I caught that one. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't catch when they went underground.
2: Yeah. And there was a third one during the, uh, it was Wanda all along. Um, I'm I'm not, sorry, not Wanda. It was Agnes all along. Um song
1: right and when it went to it went to it went to uh the four three ratio rather than the widescreen ratio that i did catch yeah but when she was underground i have to hmm. here's the
0: here's mm-hmm. the other thing though she walks underground into the the basement and she says nice to finally meet you now what's that supposed to mean because they met i don't know because
2: there's there's a suggestion at the beginning of the episode actually there's throughout the entire thing there's a suggestion that. Wanda didn't create this hex by herself. I mean, even in the beginning of this episode, she said this world that we created, not I, we.
1: Yep. I think that is Dr. Strange's mirror dimension. Ooh, I think it's it's a
2: bubble (laughs) unit. So I I I don't think, I
0: I think it's, it's just our, uh, the MCU world affected by some magic, magic power, but the mirrored It's a bubbly
2: universe.
1: Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I was rewatching Doctor Strange because, you know, nerd. And uh, the part where he goes into to learn all his spells or practice all his spells is reality, but, you know, on safe mode, right? That's what this feels like. Maybe a little different.
0: With the expectation, like, uh, ex- you know? not the expectation, the exception is that entering is not safe. Entering and exiting the way that Monica has mm-hmm. done not is not safe. But I, I just I think there's still more than meets the eye for Agnes because I we're getting multiple facets of Agnes. And I, I don't mm-hmm. think that we're getting the whole story with her in this okay. episode, which makes sense because there's still two more episodes of story to go. So we'll we'll find out. But that's that's where I'm where I'm sitting with her. Right now, should we talk about vines? Sure. Yes. Ben. <laughs> Let's talk about Let's the basement. Talk about vines.
1: Good
2: place for it.
0: All right. The commercial is about Nexus, and it's about a a drug that helps you deal with this reality or another reality. The Nexus of all reality is a thing in the Marvel Six One Six comic book universe that allows people to step over into other. Dimensions and allows things like talking ducks and wizards and barbarians to step into a swamp in Florida. Now, I'm specifically talking about Howard the Duck and I'm talking about Man Thing and I'm talking about vines. So once they start talking about Nexus and they're talking about reality, of course, my mind gets triggered with Nexus of all reality. And the Man-Thing, Swamp Monster, from the Marvel comics, is a nexus of all reality. And so then, Wanda goes down in this basement, and there's these roots all over the place. They're along the wall, along the floor. And I can't help thinking to myself, are we finally going to see this character happen in On screen in the MCU. We've heard him talked about. We've seen a character that he's closely tied to. With burns on her face. Which that's what he does. Is when he touches someone that has fear. They burn. We've seen his face on Ragnarok. Is this. Where we're going to finally see him show up. Maybe yes. Maybe no. But those of you who know me. Know I love my swamp monsters. And he is one.
1: So so let me ask you this, Ben. Um is Man Thing and not swap monsters in general, but is Man Thing and part of this Nexus, is that something that could be, you know, categorized as a as a villain?
0: No, it's it's like a Godzilla kind of thing. It's a force of nature. All right. And so we, we, I can't remember if we talked about it much on this podcast, but one of the things I love about the man thing stories that they have is he is not a primary mover in the story. What usually happens is you have people who have their own story that's going on and it tends to be a high drama situation. He is drawn to their emotions, especially the, the emotion of fear. And so he comes in and it's, it's like a Twilight Zone where every uh, every single story might have a different cast, except he gets thrown into the mix. And so he helps resolve the story by making the abuser who's going to hit someone run away in fear and then get touched and burn. Or he's going to cause things to happen because people see him and they get in a car accident and that changes their story. But he's a storytelling engine, but he is not usually a protagonist or antagonist he just is
1: i ben i i really like where that's going <laughs> because if you think about it what if um excuse me i have to put on my hat my tinfoil hat what if uh the the commander from sword sort of was able to tap into this because we've already seen Maria Hill talk about him in an agents of shield episode way back when, Mm -hmm. what if he's able to tap into this and he has convinced tap into the nexus to bring in this man thing to help her help Wanda recreate or get vision back online as a sentient weapon.
2: Mm. I don't think Wanda I don't think he and Wanda see eye to eye when it comes to vision. Um, I think that video <laughs> we saw of Wanda entering the sword facility to take um Vision's body was her keeping what's his face from reactivating Hayward. yeah, Hayward, from reactivating vision because vision being reactivated again after his death was against his wishes. And I think she wanted to honor his wishes.
0: Yeah, and they were definitely going for that. We find that in this episode, that is specifically what Hayward was trying to do. That's why S.W.O.R.D. had Vision. And I've seen people say, is this the reason? Is Vision the reason that S.W.O.R.D. is there? And and the answer is yes and no, I think. You know, they they find out Wanda is here. So, yeah, they're going to come. And Hayward is going to come and find out what's going on because Vision's there. So, Yeah. I, and, I do want
2: don't forget that there were a few days between Wanda getting vision's body and the creation of this hex, yeah, so something had to have happened in those few days. Oh, also, we got a confirmation that yeah, every episode that we see is one day in the MCU's universe because Darcy mentioned something to vision about you know every day we got a new episode from you guys.
0: We already uh, kind of knew that kind of but kind of so but now we have
2: confirmation. Yeah.
0: So back to the, the man thing stuff, specifically the Nexus. Okay. Here's a brief history from the MCU of things that I jotted down because of my, my particular love for swamp thing, man thing, heap, all these, these swamp characters, man thing being probably my, in my top two swamp monsters in, in the, uh, in, in comics and Iron Man three, we have Ellen Brandt. She has burns on her face. That was, Ted's girlfriend in the comics when he became man thing. That's his power moving into Thor dark world though. Eric Selvig mentions nexus of all reality in his notes on the chalkboard when he was lecturing all the people in the, in the institution where he had been placed because he's, his mind is is going a little wonky. And then we have the agents of shield season one episode with agent Hill where she says who or what is a man thing Thor Ragnarok man thing is featured on the champion tower And so that also kind of ties into, okay, could, is there some sort of, you know, transportation power going on here with, with him? And then we have WandaVision episode seven here where the Nexus is referenced as well. So already in Thor, the dark world, which wasn't about alternate realities. It was about these, the lining of these worlds though, the nine realms or whatever it was. Eric Selvig is talking about the nexus of all reality. And the nexus of all reality is this point where all these realities touch together and you can pass through from one to the other. And that's actually where Howard, the duck leaves duck world and comes to our world earth. And he becomes trapped in a world. He never knew is his first appearance was in a comic book that featured man thing. And it was written by Steve Gerber and one of my favorite comic book writers of all time. So there's definitely some form of something going on here and they name-dropped Nexus. So, there it is. Also,
2: could that basement be a Nexus?
0: It could be. It could be this I mean Wanda, I mean Westview could be built on a Nexus, a Nexus point. And
2: that's why it was chosen as a spot.
1: It, yeah, it, could, it very
0: well could be.
2: Okay.
1: Ben? Yeah. You mentioned Thor, the dark world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What was the re- what was the infinity stone that was featured in Thor, the dark world? I do
0: not remember. Do you?
1: The reality stone.
0: Well, there is something else for us then. <laughs> there is something else for us. Yeah.
1: That's the, the whatever. I forget what it was called outside of that, but um, that was the stuff that got injected into Jane Foster.
0: Okay. So you just made me think of something though. Infinity Stones. This is why I
1: love this show, by the way.
0: Okay, so we have the Infinity Stones from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We have the Reality Stone, which is red. Mm-hmm. Mind Stone is yellow. Space mm-hmm. Stone is blue. Time Stone is green. Power Stone is purple. Purple.
1: And the orange is the uh, is the,
0: uh, uh, Soul Stone. Soul Stone. Yeah. Okay, so the question is that kind of maybe comes up here is we have these colors also happening in WandaVision, right now, which, which stone were they playing with though? When they gave Quicksilver and Wanda, the, the power.
1: That mind was the mind stone.
0: The mind stone was, was them too. Yes. And then also, right. vision. That's also the
2: same stone that created vision.
1: Because the Mind Stone was in the staff in Loki's staff.
0: Okay, so it doesn't fit as well. Because I was wondering, okay, could the red, uh, her red power, be tied into that that stone? But no, the stone that gave her her power is the blue one. Yellow. No, the yellow, the Mind Stone. The yellow, yeah. Okay. Blue, but is it's the still
1: space an stone. Infinity Stone. It's still it's still an Infinity Stone, and so I still think that there is something we're going to see her come out of the blip in some situation.
0: Okay, so that was the Aether. The the reality stone yes. was the ether. Aether. Aether, Aether. <laughs> Arthur. Aether. Every there. day I'm walking down the street. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I really need to apologize for that one. <laughs> But bottom line is you have uh, these different colors are represented here in this show, and they are representing different people. And it was interesting because all around Agatha's house, you had this, you know, this purple color kind of thing. And the flowers were out front
2: were purple. Yeah.
0: And so that there was a very specific moment where they show Dottie and she's trimming her yellow rose bushes. So it's one shot. (laughs) So I do wonder if that is suggesting that there is something with her as well. So Wanda, Agatha, Dottie. Now I'm I've now seen people who have already before this episode were were saying, Oh, she might be so and so from such and such.
1: Well, okay, not to get meta or anything, because we don't do that on the show. Um you don't hire someone like, what's her name? Emma Caulfield to be, you know, even just a bit player in one episode. She's got a big enough name from Buffy that you would hire her to be at least a supporting long season type of type of character.
0: I'm not. Eh. I, I wouldn't say she's a big enough name where you're like, we're going to build something around this, you know? I think she absolutely could be something big. Definitely. But she is the kind of person who, if you look at her IMDb, she, she would do single episodes here, multiple ex- episode arc there. You can't just ride the 90210 coattails all the way to, you know, easy. Yes, Street. But yeah, you could Sometimes ride... you
2: got to ride the Buffy coattails. So. Right.
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> she was in Buffy. Buffy. <laughs> yeah. She was in Buffy. Okay. and She's
2: terrified of bunnies. Why do they have such long ears?
0: <laughs> so, Senor S- Sparky. No, not Senor Sparky. What no, was the, the rabbit's was the name? Dog. Senor Scratchy. Crunchy? No, Scratchy. Scratchy. Senor Scratchy. Scratchy. Uh, this is another bit of meta meta information from Agatha. Her she had a son named I think is Nicholas Scratch, which is a name for a devil.
2: Mm.
0: So. The rabbit might there's be something so more much than much <laughs> going on. There is, and we have I mean the we have limited time just because there's only so many hours in a day. I do want to get to uh Agent Dylan's email because it's going to talk about the book from the basement. So we're still in the basement, but let's let's go into the book from the, the basement. Uh Agent Dylan did a deep dive for us, like a really deep dive. And Also, if you go to our show notes, there is a link to an intro that he made for episode four that takes some music that's vaguely X-Files. And he recreates an X-Files opening for episode four featuring Jimmy Woo and Darcy and Monica and also featuring some little uh, Easter eggs for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fans. He made that? He made that yeah Oh, nice. so bravo yeah I, oh i, I sent you the sir. link with no context yeah so
1: bravo to yeah. you sir
0: yeah so i i sent the link to uh, samantha and to stewart to make sure that they could see it so that when we talked about it you would have already seen it and uh yeah i forgot to tell you why i was sending you that link i just sent you the link and said watch this and this
1: is the reaction you wanted it bravo is to you sir yeah. good job agent dylan
0: Agent Dylan writes in to say, agents, first of all, I think I'll have the Munsters theme stuck in my head for the next week. Next episode will probably be from Agatha's perspective. That's a possibility. Interesting. Here's one thing I wanted to mention about the Munsters theme. I tend to have the Munsters theme from their Next Generation show that was the Munsters Today, I think is what it was called. I can't remember exactly what it was called. All I remember is... The theme song went da 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 da. Where are the monsters today? And that's unfortunately the version I have stuck in my head. So
1: is that the one where where Riker still has a beard and they and Wesley <laughs> still drives? To, oh wait, no. Read your email.
0: It was one of those where they were definitely coming and and redoing the show because hey, why not revisit this show from old days? Because everyone else is doing it, like Star Trek. Anyway, he says, he goes on to say, uh, but her spell book sent me down quite the rabbit hole. It had me looking up Marvel spell books that aren't the Darkhold or Book of Cagliostro, as they have been featured on Agents and Doctor Strange, respectively, and they obviously look quite different. And that led me to the 1994 four-part Scarlet Witch miniseries. On page 29 of the first issue, Agatha says, a number of potentially helpful books are rumored to reside here the Book of Elban, or Eben, the Celiano Fragment, the Nakatic Manuscripts, the Vermis Mysterils. What would be particularly useful to us would be Karkoths and Sorcellamia, or the infamous Necronomicon. All emphasis is the authors. The links, he gave me links to every single one of the entries on Marvel's Database wiki. It's worth noting that the latter, the like the book of Caglius Caglistro, contains passages from the Dark Hole. In the second issue, after fighting the demon pandem- pandemonium, Wanda finds a book. Throughout page 20 and into page 21, the narration explains, Wanda turns the moldering pages and reads, understanding instantly a script that no human eye has ever read before. Here it is recorded: The Simple Mysteries of the Nexus Beings wanda's hands shake as she becomes aware of her own nature one alone exists on each of the multiverse's parallel worlds one being that is the node of each world's mystic energy they are as close as sisters but no two are identical each has a power unique to herself geomancy sorcery psychometry hex power and no two may exist in one dimension simultaneously. As she reads on, she perceives a threat hidden in the meaning of the words, hints of a dark predatory extreme in the nexus variations that finds its prey by madness and deceit. And the name for that evil lore. Again, he says emphasis. There's obviously the mention of hex power stood out to me as they have been calling the anomaly, the hex lore. It turns out is this multiversal counterpart, to Wanda and her color motif is purple. Now I can see this going one of two ways. Either they merged her role in the story with Agatha's, or she might be the commercial lady, especially given the name drop of the Nexus in this week's commercial. I'm going to pause there for a moment. I'm still, my stake is in the ground. Those people in those commercials are her parents. I'm convinced of it. And that dude is not Magneto, (laughs) but that's again, I gladly will be proven wrong. When it, I think it's what, just
2: a couple people from Central Casting.
1: <laughs> what's a magneto? What's a magneto? Yeah, wheels. What's a magneto?
0: It's it's uh, the leader of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants from the X Men universe. Who is also? I
1: know. I was quoting the first movie.
0: Oh, sorry.
2: <laughs> Didn't catch that.
0: It's been a long yeah, time uh, since uh, I've seen it'll that be first okay. movie. Okay. Well,
2: good news. It's on. It's on Disney Plus, so That's you can true. go back, back and watch it.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah, so, and, oh God, oh God.
2: No, I was going to continue reading. Point.
0: So, he said, in issue number three, Wanda and Pandemonium have another confrontation, which leads to him explaining on page twenty, Mephisto, the Lord of Lies, cheated us both by making me an agent of his own vile ambitions and by revealing to you that your dear, dear children were just phantom-spun aspects of your own, of his own soul. Emphasis there is again, keep in mind the boys had already been established as being fragments of Mephisto by this point, I believe five years prior. In the final issue, Wanda fights Lore. All right, deep breath. I do not think Pietro is Mephisto anymore. I think he's pandemonium. I think Mephisto is the mysterious Ralph, though. Possibly the commercial man. This leaves two unknown people, Dottie and Dennis the Mailman slash Presto Deliveryman. I've seen two main theories for Dottie. I'm going to leave the the theories out because of just possibility of spoilers. And it'd be kind of cool if, if it turns out to be true, it'd be cool to have it revealed. But anyway, one is uh, a source sorceress and one is a mutant. Uh, Dennis remains a mystery though. He might be our person of interest. Finally, I made a fan intro for episode four. I included some in jokes specifically for agents of shield fans, agent Dylan signing off hashtag trip lives. Hashtag Maria lives. Hashtag Agatha all along. Hashtag always has been. So. Hashtag. hashtag and she killed
2: Sparky too.
1: <laughs> hashtag. I love Agent Dylan. I yes. <laughs> thank you for being a fan of this show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because this email definitely adds a lot to this conversation because of all that deep dive stuff. But yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Agent Dylan appreciated very, very much, but we have lots more to talk about. We've talked about really the four things that I really wanted to talk about were Nexus of All Realities, Darkhold, Agatha Harkness, the colors, and then there's the style of the TV show that we can talk about as well. But I want to make sure we hit your notes. Stuart, Samantha, you got anything big before we talk about the style of this show and the opening credits?
2: Hmm. The Sword Circus, uh, they have a different, ana- uh, well, they have the same anagram, but it means something different. Spectacular World of rapturous Diversions.
0: <laughs> Which sounds very, uh, oh, what's his name?
2: Oh, man. Very much like something somebody wanted really badly to spell sword. <laughs>
0: well, that too. That yeah. too. I was going to say You're very much P.T. Uh, Barnum. Barnum. That's the word yeah. I'm looking for, P.T. Barnum. <gasps> Who? But
2: I, I, I really love the, the use of the word spectacular because that root comes from the same root as spectrum, which is one of Monica's powers is she's able to see um, a different spectrum compared to other people.
1: It's also an in-joke. P.T. Barnum was played by Hugh Jackman, who was also Wolverine.
2: Yes. Is it
0: an Excellent. in-joke? Like if you're going. Yes. To- <laughs> I <laughs> think that's
2: grabbing I, at straws. Actually, I don't know about
0: grabbing at <laughs> yeah. straws, but I do think things are being assigned to meaning is being assigned to things that it isn't there. But again, there's other things that have been dug into that were definitely there. So I can't just push everything under the carpet. That's
1: so true. here's well, the fun thing.
2: I think thing a good about- example is the, uh, the clocks that, that some people were saying in episode two were pointing to X. It was spelling X-Men. In and semaphore. It- and semaphore yeah. when I actually dug up that image and no, I think you're trying to find something that's there, and actually it's two images of two different clocks, and people drew lines on it and said, Look, this is semaphore. And no, it's just lines on an image. Yeah. Let it go. So let it go.
1: So yes, this is very fun in games, but when you take it out of like TV show and you start applying it to real life, then it becomes bad. But right now we're all having fun in a TV show. That's where I would like to keep it.
0: Well, and, and that's where it is rather cool. You know, there's, mm-hmm. yeah, the, there's a lot but of I mean, fun I... stuff that we can explore and everything. Some people want to take it deeper than others. And, and that's where we, we actually really benefited from someone who took it very deep with, with agent, yeah. Don. you know, um,
1: and, and some people want to get on a podcast and talk about it.
0: Yeah. So I, I got a question for you. Let's talk about the style of the show. I didn't watch much of the show. Happy endings. Modern. Well, uh, no, just a second. Happy endings. The opening credits of Wanda where it's showing just the word Wanda and all these different places is rever- referencing happy endings because it does the same kind of thing where it shows the word happy in a bunch of different, different ways. Did that show feature fourth wall breaking where they were looking at the camera and talking or, or no, you I know, have no idea. Okay.
2: I actually have never heard of this show until just a couple of yeah. days ago when I was doing research.
0: So the other thing is the music that's playing during the opening credits feels a lot like the office and and that's the that whole you know, like if you look at them side by side you're going to get the same it's in the same key it's in this it's played by some of the same instruments and has the same beat and then of course the episode itself feels much more like modern family than office because it's them talking to the camera but there's not really a camera crew there until we find out there is a camera crew there so uh, was modern family also an in universe documentary that was being made about a modern family yes it was okay yes. all right i wasn't and it's sure also about
2: some of the funniest if you're having a bad day there are quite a few episodes of modern family that are just rolling on the floor hilarious
0: now i i did watch the show some but it was casually it wasn't like i was watching every episode yeah. that's why i wasn't sure if they were actually intending it to look like we're doing a documentary like the office where at the end the documentary became a big part of what was going on with, with the show. And, and sometimes. Oh, the no, docu- and,
2: in, in the, in the last episode, no, they didn't, um, they didn't pull back the camera and you can see the crew that was supposedly documenting the family.
0: But the family um, was talking to a camera crew. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, in the office, it became a part of the plot. And I just wasn't sure if that was the intention of what was going on. With, with modern family okay so
2: all right so happy endings was on ABC and it ran from April 2011 to May 2013 so it was only on a couple seasons
0: yeah I and I watched a couple episodes um, it really didn't catch me or hold me but honestly most most sitcoms didn't <laughs> back then Back then I would watch uh, the Goldbergs because it came on before uh, agents of shield, you know, and, and so anyway, okay, that was, that was what I was curious about, but we are definitely in this more modern, very modern style of, of sitcom. I'm just curious, where do we go next?
2: I don't. I think they're gonna step away from the sitcom stylings from here on out. I think what we're gonna see is the conclusion to what's going on with Wanda and Vision.
1: We'll see. I don't think you can step away from the from the sitcom thing. It's so ingrained now um, that there will be some styling because she's even having trouble controlling it. So I, I think it's you're gonna might we might see a blending of all of it. That might hmm. happen. But I think that it's, it's going to be there.
0: I have. A, that's the, yeah. I like that. I think that's where they're going, Stuart.
2: Okay.
0: I, yeah, I, that works. I think if we see like a final battle kind of thing happening, it might even be a final battle that happens across television realms where, uh, where houses yeah are, are getting mixed up. Um, yeah, I, I, it'd be really interesting. I'm, I'm just, we got two more episodes. One this week, one next week. I'm curious where it's all going, and I'm curious how they're going to end this thing. And the thing I'm most worried about is what's going to happen to Vision. Is he going to survive this series?
2: Mm. That's one of my questions, too. I actually have a list of four questions. And that's one this I've is got- a comic book series,
1: and so nobody ever really dies unless they die, and then they bring him back. I could totally see Vision dying, quote-unquote, and then getting brought back. And this is sort of his coming back to be a part of the Avengers and, you know, Avengers 5 or whatever it is.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I think that what's nice about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is they're allowed some permanence. And so, you know, when a character dies, yeah, Vision came back, but Is he even back? Is this vision? He doesn't even know. He says that all the stuff that Darcy told him, it feels like it's, it happened to someone else. So that, I don't know. There's, there's some really interesting places they can go. They've already gone to some really interesting places. I hate to just, I don't know. What's the word? Praise this whole thing. And, and, but it's good. It's They've done a really good job of taking a really weird thing and making it something a lot of fun.
1: And it only works on Disney Plus on a on a very specific niche system. Can you imagine trying to put this on ABC? Yeah, it it could work. (sighs) No, (laughs) I don't think it would work. I think people would you would have lost a whole ton of viewers after the first two episodes. And you nobody would have nobody would have watched it and they would have been like, well, I guess we're not making any more and be and then it would have gotten bad publicity and all that sort of stuff. I think the only reason it's really working as well as it is, is because it's on this very niche system and you got a bunch of crazy people thinking about it all the time.
0: Yeah, and we're doing it. We're we're talking about it here. And- yeah. <laughs> Anything else? I know we didn't talk about everything, but we do need to, we, we do need to be done soon, so. Yes, I, I So,
2: I, here's one weird thing. In the very beginning, uh, Wanda says that she's punishing herself, but she's punishing herself with a staycation.
0: A quarantine-style a quarantine staycation. staycation.
2: A quarantine-style staycation. Oh, come on, guys, which, read
0: the room. I just want to say I, that. I know,
2: <laughs> and, and it's like, I, okay, so I'm an introvert. That works for me. Right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. a staycation is a pleasure, not a pain. Um, but I do know that for extroverts, being stuck at home with nothing to do, that's that is a punishment. So is are they saying that Wanda's an extrovert?
0: I think that she's saying punishment, but she doesn't mean punishment. Like this is what she really wants. So she's quote, punishing herself. And I just did air quotes. Why did I do air quotes? I don't even have to do this. But I do They don't.
2: But but um what is she punishing herself for?
0: The breakdown. She... Yeah. The
2: breakdown. Okay. The, the things
0: so, that are happening that shouldn't be happening. Okay. Here's All my right. question. This show was
1: shot and done before the COVID pandemic, right?
0: As far as before we know, lockdown. Yes.
2: No, I thought it was shot just like last fall. Was it not?
0: I don't know. There were like summer, I, I did see a picture fall? of someone doing makeup for Paul Batney and the guy had a mask on. So I don't know. Hmm.
1: It make I, I I wonder if that line, a quarantine style staycation, was deliberately referencing this whole COVID nineteen lockdown thing.
2: Yeah, which would firmly put this style of television into today's television. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Yeah, because I mean, 10 years ago, they would have used the word staycation because it was that word was invented right around the recession in 2008. But the quarantine style staycation, no, that that wasn't that's a very recent concept. I, well,
0: I um I was going to say, this reminds me of one of my favorite episodes of the middle though, which I, again, I watched half of that (laughs) series, but the episode where she, for mother's day, she's like, just let me have the day to myself. And so they all go to the County uh, fair and have this wonderful time. And she's at home alone and things are going wrong. It's not great. And then she's like, Nope. Next Sunday, we're going to redo mother's day and I'm going to go with you. And then they go to the County fair and it's gone. (laughs) And (laughs) I just, Yeah. The middle also a modern ABC comedy series.
2: Yeah. That's another good one, too. That was I don't think it got nearly quite the praise that
0: it deserved. But it lasted a long time.
2: It did. It did. But um, I think it was one of those like middle of the road series that ABC really liked Um, and it didn't get the biggest ratings, but it was a very solid show and there were just enough people to keep it going.
0: And it worked in the lineup that they had, too, because it was the middle exactly. was was attached with um, Modern Family for a while. And I. And, yeah.
1: And it was probably cheap to make because that's yes. what drives everything.
0: Except yeah, for this so show, I, which is apparently really expensive. But I'm still waiting for all that money.
2: You're still waiting for all that money?
0: I'm waiting they for all a, that money.
2: They got a extra. Ter- they, they got it like a, a space vehicle to run into this wall of magic. This episode. And then the wall of magic absorbs half of the vehicle, spits it back out, and turns the front half into a minivan.
0: Waiting for all that money. I'm just waiting. Yeah. <laughs> Are you,
1: it's going to be the uh, special Mandalorian guest star at the end? No, okay, I'll cut it even further. It's going to be the special guest star at the end.
0: Could be. Could be. They say each episode was 25 million. It's a lot of money. Right.
2: That's or average twenty five million.
0: Yeah. So multiply twenty five times nine, and what do you get? You that get twenty five million less than <laughs> two hundred fifty million. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so two hundred
1: twenty five be... million. Yeah. Fine. Oh, yeah, it's expensive. <laughs> it is expensive, but you know you got also understand that Paul Bettany's not cheap. Elizabeth Olsen's not cheap. Um, they're probably the cheapest of the Avengers, but they're still Avengers, right? Uh,
0: yeah, but here's the other thing we don't know. And this is where I've, I mean, I'm joking about it, but I'm just curious how much of this is practical and how much of this Mm -hmm. is effects. I mean, so the today's episode, they're looking around the room and things are moving from the different set from you know, the, the fifties set design to the seventies set design to the sixties set design to the nineties set design. It's all just switching up and switching around. And the question I'm, I'm wondering, okay, how much of this is they built this set and how much of this is they, um, you know, they're, they're building a new living room set for each episode. Was the vehicle, was that a practical effect? Certainly looked like it. So uh, yeah, I'm just curious. I'm, I'm curious how they spent their money. I'm curious, how they did the effects. But here's the other thing. They just announced that episode uh that they are doing what's the series called? I can't remember. But they announced a series of oh, it's called Assembled. Assembled, the making of WandaVision.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, good.
0: Release and date is March twelfth. In
1: the in the week between like you know the one uh, division ends the Friday, and then the next Friday is this uh, assembled, and then the next Friday is Falcon and Winter Soldier.
2: Yep. Okay, good, because a lot of the stuff I've been wondering what were they doing behind the scenes, and it, I love all that behind the scenes stuff. I mean, I, I cannot tell you how many times I watched all the extra stuff on the Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all that so film that are- school in the box stuff. Yeah. <laughs>
1: twice as long as the actual movies
0: it'll be very interesting to to be able to watch that and I don't know if we're going to do an episode about it as we were talking about behind the scenes kind of our production meeting uh, the question is what deserves an episode what doesn't we've done episodes about stuff like this before obviously uh, but that also gives us a week off where we could um, (laughs) spend time not not recording or recording about something else that needs to be covered like maybe I don't know Runaways (laughs) because the dark hold is featured in runaways and the dark hold is featured in agents of shield is that book the dark hold that we saw in the basement we don't know
2: we'll find out next week but Maybe. It, yeah i spent the i spent uh, in between watching this episode for the first time and recording tonight i watched all of season 3 of runaways and the dark hold it is mentioned quite a bit but it's only shown two or three times
0: when they show it, did you see the word Darkhold on the cover? Yes. Okay. So that's the one thing it that makes looks me exactly
2: say exactly as we saw in okay. Agents of Shield. Exactly. That's the one yeah. thing that makes yeah.
0: me wonder because that book did not have a word on it that, that, that looked like the right. Darkhold. So, all right.
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't believe this that book is the Darkhold.
2: I don't think it is either. And to, unless they say otherwise next week, I don't think it's the Darkhold. I think it's another book. And we do know from. Doctor Strange, that there are many, many, many mystical books. So it doesn't have to be the Darkhold.
0: It doesn't have to be, but it would be cool because if it was the Darkhold, then that is our one character that we actually see on screen (laughs) that crosses over from the different corners of the MCU, from the ABC corner, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., over to the Hulu corner, Runaways, Cloak, and Dagger, over to the movie Disney corner, the only one that doesn't get touched is is the Netflix corner, which,
2: which, but there's a lot of stuff that crosses over from Netflix to Hulu, and Hulu back to Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... But
0: but this would be the ones. I mean, Nick Fury crossed over to, two corners.
2: That's true. Yes,
0: he was on ABC corner and he was in the, uh, Disney movie corner. So there's that. But and so did Jarvis
2: and Lady Sif.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Maybe so. But they only made it into two. And if this is a dark world, that's three. So that's yeah. true. And and I, One I more than two. I'm stretching things to call it a character. <laughs> but yeah. That's also true. Hey, but that's what we do, right? Is, we stretch things like... so we can make some sort of great yeah. big right. statement. And it's declaration objects, if you can... will.
2: Sometimes objects can become characters or places become characters within a story. Like in Supernatural, the car, the Impala, that became a character by the end of the show for sure. Actually, they even ended up shooting one entire episode that was from the point of view of the Impala and not the guys. That's funny. Yeah, and it was a really great episode.
1: I'm going through Supernatural for the first time right now. I just got past the one the first episode where he rebuilds the Impala It's
2: mm-hmm. fun, oh yes,
1: that's
0: yeah, fun, but this is not a supernatural podcast
1: no no, no, it's not i am my list is done is everybody else's lists done
0: lists are done, mm,
1: feedback
2: has been read not quite. um samantha peter slash pietro i I didn't realize i i I don't know why I didn't see it, but last episode, Wanda was trying to figure out, okay, is this my brother or is this something else? And I think it's, well, it is pretty clear at the beginning of this episode that she doesn't think that Pietro is Pietro. She thinks that's somebody else because she tells her boys, that's not your uncle.
0: That man is Um, not your uncle. Like she's very dismissive of this person. Yeah.
2: But she has been very unreliable in this series. So I don't know. I think it's still, especially if she's not entirely in charge of this Hex. I mean, it's very possible that Agatha pulled Peter Maximoff from the X-Men universe into the MCU, but she's controlling his mind.
0: It's. I, I think he's something different, though. I, I, I really don't think he is.
2: But he cannot be just made out of nothing. That I know for sure because we saw in an earlier episode that Monica's clothes, when she came out of the hex, they were still her clothes. It was still – but it's just they were reused to look different. So he has to be someone if it if he's not Peter Maximoff. He has to be somebody.
0: Central casting. Snooper's going to snoop. Yeah. Okay. So this is the only one so far that we've gotten a post-credit – sequence now it's mid-credit technically speaking but the interesting thing about that yeah, i don't is, think
2: they want to do post-credit <laughs> no, no
0: the interesting thing about that is when did post-credits really start becoming a big thing in the 2000s with with uh iron man like that kind of kick-started things where everyone wow. started doing it after that so i, I found that interesting didn't
1: even make that connection Good job. Now, ben. it's not the first Good time job. it ever happened.
0: It's just the time when it started, you know, becoming a thing. But I was reminded of, of course, there's Ferris Bueller that was mid 80s. But we've been watching The Muppet Show and I will not let my kids skip the opening of The Muppet Show on Disney Plus because there is a different joke in every opening sequence on the Muppet show there is also at the very end of every Muppet show I do not allow my children to skip the end credits to go to the next episode because at the very end Statler and Waldorf have a post credit joke in every episode I would say right there that is if not the first it's not the first post credit thing but Every oh, episode no, they did never. it. They did it every episode a post-credit joke and I I just wanted to throw that out there too. It was just interesting that that they did yeah, that. Yeah,
2: they, they weren't the first ones to do it because at the end of every Pirates of the Caribbean movie there's also a post-credit scene. Uh,
0: the Muppet Show is from yeah, like 1978,
2: 79. Muppets... Yeah. yeah. Um and I'm, I'm sure that there are others, but I think it's the MCU that really made it popular to do.
0: Right. And and that's where everyone started doing it is because Iron Man did yeah. it. And so now everyone has to do a post-credit thing because that's what you do. He-Man, the Masters of the Universe movie, it wasn't called He-Man, it was called Masters of the Universe. They had a post-credit. Um, I mean, it's been done in the 80s, but Wikipedia has an article about it that I just looked up. You want to see pre 80s i'm clicking might have to edit this but the silencers in 1966 had a post-credit scene night of the living dead 1968 had a post-credit scene and the muppet movie where animal tells the audience to go home in 1979 oh and young sherlock holmes that was a great one the bad guy really which one Uh, Young Sherlock Holmes, 1985, the bad guy, it it turns, uh, through the whole credits, you're watching a um, horse-drawn sleigh, and then the person checks himself into an inn, and when he writes his name, it's Moriarty, and you find out that the bad guy was Moriarty all along.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So, Anyway, that is some post-credit history there, and I think we need to say
2: our final words. big thing we didn't get so one big this is thing. your chance monica gets her powers in full she doesn't realize she has them but she she gets them and she has that really cool effect where her eyes turn blue
0: and she can and see she energy a, and
1: she does a superhero landing that is for the books
2: yes
0: yep she looks like she's ready to hold her own against wanda yeah
2: yeah, and one thing I really do love about Monica, she doesn't go for violence first. Right before we started recording, I was watching a news program where they were focusing on, on a lot of real-world current violence and how people are jumping to violence before taking other avenues. And I admire in Monica so much that she is not turning to violence first. She's first turning to reason and um, emotion and, you know, Trying to relate to people to say, look, this can be stopped without a lot of trouble. This can, you know, we just all need to take a breath and think about this. She's trying so hard. And I admire that in her so much because I think we need more of that in this world.
0: We do indeed. We do indeed. And this is a character that's going to be a a great addition to the MCU. For sure. Yes. For sure.
2: Also, in the end credits, um, were her eyes blue or purple? Because on my screen, they looked purple. They looked blue in the earlier scenes, but in the end credit, they looked more purplish.
0: I think that they were blue in the end credit thing because she, I think, turned on her power when she was looking down the the stairs and she was seeing the energy in the roots. So we saw the roots earlier and now we're seeing the energy in the roots. I think she, whether she intended to or not, turned on her power. But when she first got through the force field and she's looking up and looking, you know, there's there's all these energy fields all over the place. And and that was her using her power. And then she closes her eyes. She kind of shakes her head, opens her eyes, and they're back to normal. But I think that her eyes were blue and she sees the purple energy and then Snooper's going to snoop. OK. All right. That's it for me. That's our final words then. So I think we need to just say hey everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for spending time with us for geeking out with us and for um enjoying when we're right and enjoying when we're wrong. <laughs> and I'll just say this, I do enjoy when I'm wrong when it's done so good, which we are definitely in that situation right here with this show. So I don't know about you, but I when I think about being wrong like I have been, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard from us, now we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a voicemail by calling 1 7 level 7 that's 1 7 7 or send us an email to feedback at welcome to level 7.com just don't forget the 7 is spelled out you can also go to welcome to level 7.com slash feedback and leave us a message there or join us on our facebook group facebook.com slash welcome to level 7 the 7 is spelled out And don't forget, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash welcome to level seven, the seven is spelled out, and become a Patreon supporter there. Once again, thanks so much for listening, and Godspeed.
1: Inspiration 4, did any of you guys see this? It was in the Super Bowl commercial. It's this launch thing where you're going to join the mission, the first all-civilian mission to space, secure your seat. They pick the people in six days. Five days is the new episode of WandaVision. I still can't get through my, I don't know, this feels a lot like Fantastic Four. okay so the logo has
0: a number four in it (laughs) yes that looks like a number four that you would see in a fantastic four thing so it's a commercial directed by um bryce Mm -hmm. dallas howard yes ron howard's daughter who ron Mm -hmm. howard directed apollo 13 she Mm -hmm. directed a, a couple episodes of the mandalorian and in one she directly references apollo 13 Mm-hmm. And then she directs this commercial about a spacesuit, and it's it's the spacesuit, and it's spinning around. And then we see in, Inspiration Four. It's narrated by Octavia Spencer, and they're talking about yeah, this mission that's going to go to space.
1: So here's why I the big the biggest thing that 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 triggers me. I'm not trigger bad trigger, but like key's my interest. There's only two corporate sponsors. One, St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital, which they don't typically sponsor anything. You give them stuff. Two, Shift for Shop, which is like a, 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 a like a gift shop for this stuff. And then you donate. I totally see this happening as a backdoor media blitz thing where we're going to be introduced to the fantastic four. Just that's my, I see that happening.
0: So guerrilla marketing is what you're saying where they're, they're yes. tricking us and they're just going out there and, and making us think one thing. And then it turns out, Oh, it's mm-hmm. it's actually just a movie that they're promoting. I, I don't know. SpaceX is a real thing. Uh, I actually just got to miss one of their launches Uh, When we were in Florida, we went, weather didn't allow them to launch. The next day they launched, I missed it on TV then. But SpaceX is actually sending missions into space. The St. Jude's Children's Hospital thing, that that tie-in is actually, they're going to give some of the money, I believe, that gets given to this mission, some of that money will go to St. Jude's. I don't think St. Jude is actually sponsoring so much as they're going to benefit from this. Agreed. And then you have this other thing, which is one of the guys behind this is, is the guy who owns that, that, that second business you were talking about. Fine. And so I don't know, because it's, it just seems silly. Like, but then I don't know. Why would you get people excited about this? great mission that nothing like this has happened before. We're sending four civilians into space and, and then just turn around and actually know it's we're, we're helping Disney promote a movie. I, I don't know. I, I just can't, I can't go that far in my mind.
2: Not unless I, Disney is one of the actual sponsors. Well, you can't find Disney
1: on any of their, on any of the website, but I,
2: I, or Well, they don't have to be up front about it. They could just be kind of behind the scenes.
1: It's that four in a circle is really what it is. It's that four in a circle. It's like you'd think that if they're going to do anything, anything in the world, they're not going to put a four in a circle.
0: (laughs) Well, this is one we definitely have to wait and see but I do yeah. know there's a lot of people who are following that tinfoil hat conspiracy theory
1: Mm-hmm. for the circle guys.
2: It's <laughs> all Ooh, I just stumbled across a really interesting meme. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what if general Goodner was actually that little kid scroll that we met in captain Marvel that Monica mm. became really good friends with.
0: Hmm. That is something that, there, yeah, that's that's one of those where you're like, okay, that's not crazy.
2: <laughs> it's, it's not cool if it
0: happens. It's cool if it doesn't. Yeah. But it's not.
1: Yeah. And and to be fair, Gen- the general Goodner doesn't have a six one six tie in or a comics tie in at all. She's a brand new character for the MCU. All
0: right, that's it. We gotta go. Anyways. Yeah, thank you too. guys. Appreciate it. Talk to you later. Night.
1: Bye.